So I've been workshopping something, Caleb. This is already dangerous. I think we need a really good slogan, you know? Like, we need to come out of the gate strong with a good marketable slogan. I've come up with some ideas. You ready to hear some? I, okay, yeah. So it's like, just super with Caleb and Cordell, blah, 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 blah. Or like, just super, colon, blah, blah, blah. Exactly, exactly. Like, save money, live better, just super. That is incredibly wrong um is that i think it's already taken walmart is that walmart yeah i think walmart yeah okay i've got one i've got one better ingredients better pizza just super i don't want to be affiliated with anything uh papa john's currently so let's avoid that one okay okay um just super it's in the game Oh, EA Sports? Yeah, that's it a deep feels cut, like a quiz for Caleb. That's I feel like this is a cut. quiz. <laughs> uh, here's, do you mind if I pitch one? Yeah, hit me, yeah. There's no wrong answers. Just super. Start the music. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Just Super, your favorite OK Go fan podcast, where we analyze, criticize, and otherwise size up superhero fiction. No story is off limits, and no medium is safe. I just really like OK Go. That's fair. You gotta tell them your name, too. Oh, I'm Cordell. And I'm Caleb, and this week... That's right, it's it's time for Movie Watch. Oh, yeah, we're also big fans of Spider-Man. Oh, we're also yeah. big Spider-Man fans. Hey, we, we're not and, watching anything. No, we're not watching anything. But it's like it, it's like we're we're looking ahead. We're looking into the future about movies we are excited about. We're watching the future. Think of it like a Alrin's Epiphany, but it's not ruining MTG standard. I just isolated just a lot of our audience, alienating our viewers. That's just a small thing. Alienating. Anyway, it's fair. It's fair. the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer, like the big trailer, dropped this week, and boy, trailer is it two. a doozy. Oh my gosh. Going through, we have now confirmed. Also, real quick, real quick. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Spoilers. Ooh. Big spoilers. We know it's a spoiler show, but if you don't want to know anything about the trailer, skip ahead. Skip forward. I'm going to set a timer on my phone for a minute and a half. We have a minute and a half, and then we're moving on. This episode is not and about this trailer, but holy we wow. Have, we have a minute and a half when I say starting now. So we have a minute and a half starting now. Okay, so Sandman, Electro, Lizard, Green Goblin, Doc Ock. Like, what? this is insanity. This is an insane amount of villains. It is Absolutely. My favorite thing about this movie is that the Marvel writers looked at the first two Spider-Man runs said, hey, Spider-Man 3 did too many villains. Amazing Spider-Man 2 did too many villains. You know what we should do for Spider-Man, for our Spider-Man 3? Even more villains. All of those villains together. Yeah, but, but we also have Sam Raimi back at the helm, which means I think they can handle it. I think I think they can handle. And this it. is clearly the step into the multiverse, and it's so good, so excited, big time. Also, we have a lot of weird stuff going on with Doctor Strange. Like he, he uh, was he was in sweatpants 
when they showed him, I think he's going through it after Tony's death because we haven't seen him since. Well, I think a he's going through it after Tony's death, but I also I think we are seeing what is more known in the comics, which is the dark side of Doctor Strange, where he is a little bit more villainous. Oh, interesting. That's neat. I think we are going to get a little bit more of that aspect of it. And I think that may even branch into some of the other movies with the multiverse going on. Yeah, like Multiverse of Madness is going to deal with the fallout of both WandaVision and this, for sure. Oh, 100%. And I think we're even going to see repercussions of it in some of the show. And speaking of repercussions, that is time. Dang. Anyway. That was, yep. Completely unrelated to the new Spider-Man movie. The character we're talking about today is Dr. Octopus. I swear, we, we like, figure out who we're going to talk about well in advance of the episode. Uh, we have had this planned out since what? Like... Day one. Day one. Like, I think we started talking about this show back in January. Like... I I would love to say that Disney was like, hey, guys, hey, boys, we love your show. Here's the new movie trailer dropping. You should do Doc Ock. But no, no, they don't know we're here. We're not on Disney's radar. We just happen to have the most conveniently timed character choice. It, it, it perfectly timed. And I think the best way to even get even better timing is to dive on in. Well, you go first. You, you've you got, it, yeah, that's yep, you. I've got the real world origin. Now, the real his real world origin is similar to a lot of characters that came out around the same time. He was created by Stan Lee and Steve <coughs> Ditko and made his first appearance in the issue uh sorry, issue 3 in July of 1963. So he is one of the OG Spider-Man villains. He's the third villain to ever exist for Spider-Man. For fun little it's a fun little game that Caleb likes to play. All right, Cordell, can you name who the other two of the first three are? You don't have to guess them in order, but can you guess the other two of the first three? I'm going to hardcore guess Green Goblin because he's such a classic. Okay. And I'm also going to guess the Lizard. Ooh, not bad guesses. Not bad guesses at all. They're both wrong, aren't they? They're both wrong. Is Poke, is, is, she... is, is the Polka Dot dude one of them? I swear no, if he's po- one. Okay. Polka dot dude. I know there's a polka dot Batman villain. Yeah, yeah, that's Batman, but there's there's a Spider-Man villain who's like kind of the polka dot dude but with like black and white and he can throw holes in yes. walls and c- go through them. Yes, I know who you're talking about now. Yes. Uh but no, not him. Uh the first two were Chameleon and Vulture. Oh yeah, because there was a there was a very very strong animal theme at the very beginning of Spider-Man. Yes. Uh and uh, to get a little bit less into the real world origin, but more the real world trajectory, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Doc Ock went on to be considered one of Spider-Man's three actual nemesis. Nemeses. Nemeses. Nemeses? Yeah, nemeses. Nemeses. Yeah, he consider, he's considered to this day one of Spider-Man's big three, which are Doc Ock, Green Goblin, I'm spacing on the third. I don't know. You brought this yeah, up. But the, the third one. Oh, Venom. 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 Oh, how do we not think of Venom? Yeah. My brain is going back to all the classic ones. So I was saying, I was like, it's not Craven. Yeah. It can't be Craven. Craven it's, yeah, it's definitely Craven, <laughs> the breakfast cereal mascot. 
Wouldn't he it be great for Crave? I, you know, I, Marvel, get on that. Marvel, hire us to work with Crave, okay? Yeah, hire, hire us to be your marketing and branding consultants on which random characters to pair with brands. It, I think we'd be good it's at it. It's kind of a, like, avant-garde kind of advertising. Like, it doesn't make any sense outside of whatever we deem funny. Yeah, well, okay, here's... Oh, no, now I have an idea for a pitch. Do it. I'm saving it for a plot pitch hour. I'm oh, saving no. it. Also, I think it's fun to point out that the big three Spider-Man nemeses have each gone on to become anti-heroes and at their own point heroes at different points in the comics. Norman Osborn has been the most antagonistic the most of the time, but they've all gone on to be gray area good guys at some point. Yes, 100%. Uh, yeah. Like, even we have Agent Venom. Which, which is like... I'm a big fan of Venom going to space, man. Every time they put him in space, I've had a good time. Heck yeah. Moving on to his comic book origin and general mm-hmm. trajectory. Caleb, do you know the story of Doc Ock's origin? I I know it a little bit. Okay. I'm not going to say that I'm like an expert in Doc Ock, but... I was not an expert. I knew the general, but uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to tell you the origin missing a key piece and then reveal that key piece later in the episode. Okay. I'm. Uh, you know what? This is a fun game. Because I don't, because the other key piece is relevant in another piece of research, and I don't want to spoil the later research by revealing the whole of the origin. And I won't tell you where the piece is missing. All right, sounds good. So, the origin of Doc Ock in the comics is that he was an atomic researcher. He was working with highly volatile chemicals and radiation. And so he developed four robotic arms that kind of attached to him in a harness kind of thing coming off his back. You've all seen Doc Ock. I don't need to describe this to you. Mm-hmm. To help him work with these things at a distance. But he was working distracted one day and an accident happened with those chemicals and he was bombarded with radiation. And that radiation fused the arms to his back, gave him control over them, and caused enough brain damage that he became a villain. Yeah, I think it's unfortunate. I just need to say right out of the gate that Doc Ock is evil because of brain damage. Specifically evil because brain damage. Yeah, it is definitely an unfortunate thing. And we've talked about stuff like this in the past where it's just like, if we could redo that today, it would be a bit different. Um, But I do think it does then look positive that he is not strictly a villain. That's true. That's true. And we have to be aware of the time he was created. Back mm-hmm. then, with the lack of concept of mental health, really, and the labeling and the treatment of mental disorders, like, it's it doesn't it's not surprising that they were like, ah, he got bonked on the head real hard and had some brain kerfluffling, and now he's a bad guy, you know? Yeah. So I... It's, yeah. it's unfortunate, but I don't mind it because it's just a product of its time. And it's not really worth harping on because he's become more than that. Right. Agreed. 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 So, Caleb, tell me about, well, tell the people about his powers, which I think they know by now. Yeah. Yeah. So his powers are pretty obvious. So I did want to go into a little bit more of the not so obvious things. Yeah. Uh, number one, he's called Doc Ock. He is actually a doctor. Uh, He has a PhD in nuclear sciences. Uh, He has four metal arms that can expand up to 24 feet. 
Dang. And lift up to three tons apiece, meaning 12 tons total. I have an immediate issue. Okay. These arms can each lift three tons apiece, but his body cannot support 12 tons of junk being lifted above it. No, but it's the fact that the arms are not like... Like, the metal and the harness holding it is fused, but the arms themselves are fused to the harness, not himself. So it's not, like, physically damaging him. Well, I know, but I'm just saying, it's one thing, like, in in Spider-Man 2, where Doc Ock famously was played by Alfred Molina, love him so much, you see him bracing himself almost always, right? Like, if he picks up some big chunk, the other two arms go back and brace on something. In the comics, does he ever use all four arms to pick up four heavy things all at once? Because if he does that, that'll crush him. I don't care harness or not, he can't hold that weight. You know, I don't know, but I don't think so. Okay, I will take that complete non-answer as an answer, because I don't want to look it up. Fair. Now, he has a telepathic link to the arms that, that is how he can control them. Uh, I think it's very fun. If you look in the comics, the way he figures this out is literally by accident because he wakes up in the hospital and he's like, I feel like I'm being prisoned. There's metal on the bars. And then the arms shoot out and just rip the metal off. And I'm like, that is so cool. Yeah. And that is so cool. Again, sorry. can't. I'm going to keep bringing up Spider-Man 2. Yeah, no, Spider-Man 2 is, like, my main reference point for Doc Ock until now, so. It is one of the best superhero movies ever made, and I still stand by that, but the scene where he wakes up as Doc Ock, and he's in the hospital, and all of the arms have, like, tarps over them, and he wakes up and just starts throwing doctors around in the arms, like, I, I don't know how much the comics do this, but the movie really plays up into the possible sentience of the arms, yeah, I think the comics do that to a point, depending on the writer, of course. Yeah, you know, the yeah. Fame, The infamous Just Super Claus depends on the writer. But I, I think that they do, to a point, play with the fact that the claws can still do stuff on their own. Yeah. Also, can we talk about how in Spider-Man 2, that scene is like a perfect, like three minute horror movie inside of a, a non-horror movie and i i really would like to make a hall of fame of horror movies tra- horror scenes trapped in superhero movies which would include yes. doc ock waking up in spider-man 2 it would include the yes. hulk chasing black widow through the helicarrier in avengers yes like yes we need to start categor like pulling off these perfect horror scenes trapped in superhero movies cuz i think there's an interesting list there Oh, there is definitely a big list. Like, I I mean, yes, 100%. Uh, other things, and this is a kind of changes made to powers. He has access to these things called the Octobots. Uh, <laughs> and the Octobots are there. They basically are just little robots. They do exactly what you think. Are they drones or just little four-armed robots? They're little four-armed robots. And they're cute. It's kind of a comic mainstay to have a villain who is technological develop a series of robot baddies to do his thing like do dr doom has the doom bots doc ock has the octobots it's yeah it's a pretty common thing because you need you need some mooks to destroy yeah and i definitely think they definitely get destroyed they definitely get destroyed yeah um 
also, and I'm going to talk about this later in cool slash lame moments. I won't reveal how I feel about it until then. Otto Octavius Doc Ock was Spider-Man for a bit. He was. And had all of Peter Parker's powers. Yes, he was. Do you do you want to give him quick context over how this happened or why or just leave he, it to later? Um, yeah, I'll give a brief explanation. Uh, so Otto Octavius was on his deathbed. He had a massive brain tumor that was inoperable and he was going to die. Uh, and... The thing with Otto and Peter is that they respect each other. Like, yeah. even though they are arch villains, they have respect for each other and genuinely care. So Peter came to see him on his deathbed and say a goodbye. And then Doc Ock Friday, you know, Freaky Friday them and made them switch bodies. And then um, out of nowhere, you had Otto in Peter's body being Spider-Man holding Peter in a on-the-deathbed Otto Octavius body, and then Peter died, mm -hmm. and Otto became what is known as the superior Spider-Man. Yeah. And so you had... And he wound up... It wound up being literally Otto Octavius's, like, insane intelligence, abil all the forearms, with Spider-Man's abilities... It's insanely good. It's so good. And also, part of it, too, is whenever he swapped bodies, there was, like, a residual memory left in Peter's brain about being a good guy, kind of. And that's why he started being an anti-hero, was because there mm -hmm. was, like, this residual heroic impulse. And this went on for a long time. He was, he was in Peter's body for a long, long time until, like, Clone Saga junk followed up, and then they eventually got both cloned and brought back to life in their own ways. Yeah. Yeah, but that's uh yeah, that's the base powers. Real quick, clones are a stain on comics in general, but they are especially a very dark stain on Spider-Man stories. You cannot talk about a Spider-Man storyline anymore without touching a clone in some way, and I hate it. That's just Sometimes you just got to touch clones. You do, but like I hate it, and I that's it. I'm just going to leave it at that. Welcome to the just super science where we put the sense in nonsense for this week's science corner caleb i have a simple question isn't it more accurate to call dr octopus dr spider i mean think about it both have eight legs, but octopi are cephalopods, which are just heads with legs. And spiders are arachnids, which have actual bodies with their heads and legs. So, boom. <laughs> you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're so dumb. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. I mean, I guess, but. <laughs> oh my gosh. Why? Why is this the science quarter? Because accuracy matters. And he's nothing like an octopus outside of eight limbs. And he can squirt ink everywhere. That's not true. 
he's made of ink because he's a comic book <laughs> you're character. I stand again. by this. You're thinking of Splatoon again. I'm not thinking of Splatoon at all. That was the Just Super <laughs> Science Corner where we are overly pedantic about silly things. I guess so. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, it's me still. Sorry, I was so proud of myself. Team affiliations. Oh, a lot. Uh, yeah. Like Kayla mentioned, Doc Ock did a stint as Spider-Man, and canonically that is Otto Octavius. So his affiliations while Spider-Man will be present here, which also impressed that he spent that whole time keeping it a secret and pretending he was Peter. But... I'm going to list the Doc Ock affiliations first, and then the Spider-Man ones. As Dr. Octopus, he was in the Thunderbolts Army, Sinister Six, Masters of Evil 5, Legion Accursed, former partner of Green Goblin, Superior Spider Army, Parker Industries, New U Technologies, Hydra's Avengers, Horizon University, Night Shift, and frequently headed his own gang of hired thugs. Thank you, Marvel.Fandom. Masters of Evil 5 sounds like the coolest prog rock album ever. Absolutely. And sounds like the best Evil Dead 8th sequel. Yes. As Spider-Man, Otto was part of the Heart Clinic, Spider-Army, Superior Spider-Army, Spider-Lings, Avengers, Superior 6, and Mighty Avengers. Wow. I did not realize he got around as much as he did. I mean, how long was he Superior Spider-Man? It was a year or two, wasn't it? I think he was Superior Spider-Man for about two years, yeah. I don't care to look it up. Anyway, Caleb, tell me about that family tree for Otto. All right, he has a mom and a dad, and his dad is not cool. No. Not a cool dad. His mom's also Uh, not cool. Yeah, both of his parents are pretty not cool and it's it's kind of oh i mean it's a comic staple to have not cool parents especially for bad guys yeah yeah you either have bad parents if you're a villain or no parents if you're a hero that's comic rules yeah nobody in comics has parents nope think about it peter no parents batman no parents superman no birth parents anymore trust us we're experts experts tell me about those ammo entanglements you ready for the last piece of his origin story to come together wait no there's more oh no it's the emerson entanglements oh no okay hit me with it hit me with it so as part of his origin story Otto Octavius got engaged to a co-worker named Mary Anders. They were madly in love. The two of them got engaged, were so excited to be married. When he told his mom, who was a manipulative and controlling woman, his mom accused him of turning his back on her. And Otto, who had spent his whole life being manipulated and controlled by his mom, broke things off with Mary. And then he had a shouting match with his mom when he realized what happened. And during that shouting match, his mom had a heart attack and died. So he lost his fiance and love of his life and his mom was dead and he felt the guilt of that. And that's why he was distracted the day he became Doc Ock and that accident happened. That's what distracted him in the lab. Oh my gosh. I did not know that at all. 
Yeah. Oh, wow. Which, take all of that, and I don't even know why they had to do brain damage to make him turn evil. No, you don't have to. Hey, Marvel, you don't have to do brain damage to make someone evil like that. Like You already had it right there. It was in the pocket. For real. Oh, my gosh. Also, quick fact about Mary Anders. She later died of HIV, which apparently Green Goblin infected her with to get it auto. No. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. There are, like, three paragraphs to Mary Anders, like, page in the wiki. And it's basically her getting broken up with Otto and, like, falling in love and getting dumped. And then her dying of HIV. And that's, like, the only thing that her character ever knew or did. Oh, my gosh. I, oh. It's tragic. It is, it is tragic. That is, oh, my gosh. That is heartbreaking and some rough fridge territory it does really get into fridge yeah which for anybody listening fridging is the common practice of having a woman in a male character's life specifically to kill her off to motivate her and him in some way yeah it came from a green lantern uh there was specifically it's called fridging because there's a, a point in the green lantern which will probably be my lamest moment if we ever do green lantern so forget this if we get to that episode but green lantern hal jordan i believe is the exact one comes home to find his uh girlfriend dead in a fridge so that's where the term fridging comes from and it can be different from fridge thinking yeah yeah different from that and it's it's just kind of generically at this point anytime a love interest is killed to motivate the main character yeah typically a woman especially if they have no no development no development yeah yeah so yeah amorous entanglements got wild on me this week <laughs> but caleb tell us about them retcons cordell yeah i want you to be ready to ring a bell because this is about to go on a list of major villains slash heroes with no retcons no way they've never retconned I... him I'm telling you, I did, I looked for six hours while I was researching, trying to find any retcon. I could find zero. Wow. Marvel, I forgive you of up to five sins. Of your choice. Your choice. You choose them. They're forgiven. Marvel, there are no retcons. Do you know how much that made my researching heart so happy to not have to sift through every single one of them? They're in the comics. There is a retcon in the movies, but yeah, that's just how it is. That's an adaptation, not a retcon. Yeah. Also, I think it's funny how we've essentially invented just super indulgences where you can pay we, to oh, be forgiven no. of your sins. By not... By not sinning, though. It's just saying, hey, you didn't sin this one time. Forgive another sin. It's less indulgences. It is a tally system. Yeah, yeah. This is absolutely score it's charting. It's a point system. Yeah. It's a point system for whether you get into heaven or not. Yeah, yeah. That's all it is. <laughs> just Super Valhalla, Comic book right? Him. Just Super Valhalla. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so Marvel, come collect your indulgence reward. At your nearest railroad. Yeah, 
go to the nearest railroad, you'll see a six foot uh, six person with a single chocolate. Caleb is at every railroad. He's waiting. Go to him. I'm there. I'm there. I'm at the railroad. I actually record from a railroad, so. We spend a lot of our budget on editing train sounds out of the background. It's wildly, wildly bad. Hey, Cordell, you should insert a train sound right here to make the joke work, but not edit this part out. Yep. That's the train. Yeah, that was a loud one. Real quick, listeners, we found no retcons, but I challenge you to find an Otto Octavius retcon and send it to us. Please do. That would be so much fun. That's that's your goal. It's an Easter egg hunt for Otto Octavius comic book retcons. Yes. Uh, and if they are from the movie or anything like that, we're not going to count it. But if they are in the comics and they are retcons, send them in. I think send up next in. is coolest moment, right? Yes. Oh, boy. Howdy. Can I go first? Yeah, do it. You're so excited. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so, as I mentioned earlier, uh, Peter Parker and Otto Octavius have this, like, mad respect for each other. Uh, They, I would even say they love each other in a weird way. But I cannot, I could not remember the exact uh, issue or anything. There was a run of Spider-Man where it showed Spider-Man being depressed. Which is a good thing. I, I think it's good that we are, you know, showing that. There is also in that run at one point, Peter gets poisoned Uh and he does not have the antidote. He so there is like this six page thing where it shows Peter Parker as Spider-Man walking around New York, unable to do anything and just suffering silently. And it shows his internal monologue as he goes and then he falls over and doubles over in pain from this poison and when he looks up doc ock is there what and doc ock picks him up (gasps) and has the antidote (gasps) and gives it to him no and says and i quote you are too good of a man and too powerful of a hero to die by poison and not my hands oh and like a that is like genuinely heart touching. Yeah, like, that's so good. Holy cow, that is a beautiful moment. Also, that is the most baller line ever. Of, you are too good of a hero to die by poison and not my hands. Marvel! Yes! Give me more! I love nothing more than two nemeses who really, really respect each other. Like, yes. Like, th- it's so good to be like, yeah, we're against each other because we have to be. We're diametrically opposed, but we respect and even care about each other in that opposition. I love that. Oh, 100% yes. It is so good. So, so, so good. Oh, my gosh. Oh, Marvel. That was such a good moment. My coolest moment is the entirety of Spider-Man 2. I just... Yeah. It's... One, I don't know a ton about Doc Ock in the comics, but two, Spider-Man 2 is so incredible, and much of what makes it so good is how compelling of a character Dr. Octopus inherently is. Otto Octavius has so much 
excellent storytelling potential as a character. And that movie brought it to life so beautifully. And like, so Spider-Man 2 is excellent in no short part because Otto Octavius is that compelling. So it's that movie. And Alfredo Molina is that good of an actor. So like, oh my gosh. Yeah, that that whole movie just shows how awesome Doc Ock really is. And I'd love to see more of just anything that compelling, you know? So a fun fact about Caleb Burley that I don't know if I've shared on the show. One of uh my one of like my like most foundational memories, getting into like deep cut memories here. Welcome to Deep Cut Memories with Caleb and Cordell. Um when I was in like second grade, because I had all A's, my grandparents bought me a DVD player, like a portable DVD player and Spider-Man 1 and Spider-Man 2. No way. And I watched Spider-Man 2 all the time to the point where my parents, for my me and my brother's birthdays are close enough that we just celebrated them together. My brother got a Spider-Man action figure and I got a Doc Ock action figure. Oh. And I... I don't know where that Doc Og action figure went. I don't know what happened to it. It was like my favorite thing ever when I was a kid, though. And uh, listeners, if you see on eBay or anything Doc Ock action figure with like the four tentacle, like the four extra arms would move on their own as well. Like you could move them to do different things. If you see that on eBay, email it to us because I will buy it so fast. It's it's a different kind of memory, but like I'm going to rock some deep cuts with you too. Foundational memories, you know. This one is also about me and my brother. Um, growing up, we both loved Pokemon. A lot, a lot, a lot. Like still to this day, play the games, love it. Yeah. And he and I would always get the other version. So like they'd be like, oh, here's black and white. And he'd get... I think he got white and I got black. Or they'd be like, oh, here's Ruby Sapphire. He'd get Ruby, I'd get Sapphire. That kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When they made the first Mystery Dungeon Pokemon games, there was one for the Game Boy and one for the DS. And it was Cody's birthday. And I got I had my parents get him the one for the DS. I think it was Blue. Blue Rescue Team. And he... On his birthday, had my parents get me the copy of Red so we could both play together. That is so good. Oh, we love wholesome brother content. It's still one of my favorite memories ever. And that kind of set the tone for how Cody and I give gifts. It is entirely, hey, what do you want? I'll buy it for you. And that's still to this day the way we give gifts. Cody, come on the show. Yeah, Cody, get on here. Yeah, Cody, come on the show. Daniel, come on here. You don't like superheroes at all, but still. (laughs) You know, sometimes you need a completely apathetic perspective. Yeah. I feel like I feel like I would want Daniel to come in and talk about the legality of certain superheroes. I'd love that, honestly. Uh, Yeah, Daniel, come on the show. Anyway, that's the brother hour. Let's go on to lamest moments. Oh, do you want to go first or me, Caleb? I'll let you go first on this one. Okay. Mine, this is the same issue I have with Reed Richards. This man invented a world-changing technology in those robotic arms, and he just kept it to himself. Like, think about the implications of four incredibly strong, 
easily like opposable and controllable arms like even downgrading that to just like two normal arms or normal legs like imagine how much he could help enrich people's lives and he just kept it to himself and that is magnificently lame uh i think my lamest moment is more lame from a writer's perspective but lately in the comics that we've been dealing with the clone saga boo you know my opinions um and so as i mentioned earlier peter inside of audio octavis's body died so Otto is essentially dead except oh wait no they transferred his brain into a robot yep. and then later transferred it from the robot into a clone of himself that is young and hot yep and then that became the superior octopus yeah i believe is what they called it uh lame cool in the end superior octopus wound up doing a lot of cool things and it's a baller character however the whole entire setup lame 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 you all know i have issues with clones and comics i said it not too long ago because i hate them i'm gonna give you a real quick like quick quick rundown or else i will stay on this soapbox for an hour do it the two biggest problems with having clones in comics and in storytelling in general but specifically in marvel comics specifically with spider-man storylines one it's lazy they don't have to think of new character designs they don't have to think of new character iterations they just make clones of people do you know how many people running around earth 616 right now are just spider-man clones and are just straight up other versions of spider-man's there's Kane, there's Ben Riley, there's there's so many. There's so many. So first of all, it's lazy because you don't have to actually think of anything new. Second of all, it is an easy reset button that they have pushed several times. They can do whatever daring shake-up they want because at the end of the day, they just kill the new shaken-up one and transfer their brain over into a clone of the original. Like, it's lazy, it's cheap, and I'm, I hate it with a passion and I think it is deeply, deeply poisoning the well of stories they could tell with Spider-Man. It's it's bad. And it goes same goes with the mutants and all the Krakoa stuff where they can revive anybody. Death means nothing in comics. And a large part of Marvel's issue with death is from clones. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, Marvel does not know how to do clones. And they do it badly because they shouldn't do it. Uh, I think clones are a very hard storyline to pull off in general. So, I, I, I mean, I don't blame you for doing it wrong, but I blame you for continuing to hammer that point home every five epi- every five issues, just all the time. Five pages. Yeah. They're everywhere. You can't spit without yeah. hitting a clone. I'm so angry. Make me Live happy. Action yeah, make me happy. Talk about it. Alfred, oh. Melina, Spider-Man the rage, 2. The rage is leaving my body. Here's the thing. Alfred Molina is the perfect person to play Doc Ock. Number one, kind of looks like him. Yeah. Not going to lie. Number two, he's just so good. He is like, like, okay, I'm about to get on a soapbox about superhero movies. Yeah, Rocket. You can have a lot of people play heroes. You don't have to have a classically trained person to play a hero. Your villains... I think we have seen time and time again, if your villains have experience in, like, Shakespeare theater, they are going to be phenomenal. Perfect example, Michael Keaton. Yes! Perfect example, Michael Alfred Molina is a perfect example. 
Like, even Willem Dafoe is a perfect example. All the, like, okay, think about some of your favorite Marvel villains that have been in the MCU. Most of them are classically trained amazingly. Like, that's all they are. Some of your favorite heroes? Eh, maybe not so much. I mean, in general, I, I think classically trained makes it sound really pompous. Shakespeare does a lot to help an actor. And doing mm-hmm. theater in general does a lot to help a film actor. There, there are just skills and things you learn by tackling it in theater, and especially tackling Shakespearean theater, that make you a better performer in every capacity. And it's just agreed. It's just incredible. Agreed. And I mean, that's why, like, I think the as much as people are like, "Oh, Thor Ragnarok is the best Thor," it is. It is. The first two were so good because Kenneth Branagh, the director was a huge Shakespeare guy first. Well, the first one's good. I, I still wouldn't call Dark World good. I think Dark World is fine. Fine, but not, not good. good. <laughs> I enjoy League of Extraordinary Gentlemen more than Thor the Dark World. Whoa, you mob. What? Yeah. Anyway, oh. he was Alfred Merlina was Doc Ock in Spider-Man 2. And what's... and. In the next Spider-Man movie, Spider-Man No Way Home. Yes. And it's going to be so good. So excited for this, man. I, I Literally, I'm planning to go back to... You know what? Hey, this will be fun. Uh, Cordell and I are probably going to go see this in theaters. So uh, join in. Join in. Go see it in a theater if you're fully vaccinated and feel safe enough to go to a theater and you wear a mask as much as you can while doing it. Yeah, just go watch the movie, man. Watch just it with watch us it. and be email safe. us your opinions. That'd be really fun. Yes, yeah. Email us the opinions that you have. And in general? Because we want to know. Yeah, and in general, honestly, email us any opinions you ever want to share like it could be about comics. It could be about heroes. It could be about movies. It could be about toast, man. I just want to hear from y'all, especially just random hot takes that you email to me. I love that junk. Yeah. No, email us the most wild hot takes you can, please. You know what? Here's mine. Uh, sourdough makes the best toast. Hot take. Here's mine. I don't care for most bread. Whoa. This is uh, This is rough. It's it's Spiny a very hot podcast. take. Yeah. Cordell was Doc Ock in the Infinity Saga. I don't think so. I couldn't find anything. I know he existed, but I don't think he showed up at all. No. Okay. Yeah. Good. I I don't think he did either. I I read the I reread the Infinity Saga not too long ago, and I don't remember him ever being there. Yeah. Yeah. I think it could be fun to eventually replace that question with other iconic comic book events. Yeah. Just I would just, agree with just that. Just get some variety. It could be fun. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right, folks. It's time for not super. Super, 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 super. Caleb, what do you think of mausoleums? I think they're so dope. Yeah, there's no joke or punchline or anything here. I just I'm curious. No, I'm like a lot of my families from South Louisiana where mausoleums are like the standard. Um, because so, the like, ground I, will I literally vomit up the dead if you bury them in caskets. Yeah, 
Yeah, like mausoleums are the standard, not because it's like, oh, we're rich and fancy hot. It's like, no, this is the only way to do it. Um, and like, yeah, no, I think mausoleums are cool. I think it's a cool idea. I think it saves space. It makes it to where we don't have to take up so much ground room. Like, yeah, why not? Dope. I think they're uh, cool. Just super pro mausoleum. Yeah, I think they're cool and creepy. Also, I'm going to say yeah. my official stance as Cordell. I don't know if this can be the just super stance. Best way to be buried? Get mulched. Plant a tree in your honor. If cemeteries were arboreums, that'd be rocking. Yeah, no, I think I think that is the uh, just super stance. The Caleb Burley stance is there are so many ways to use ashes. Like you can get them pressed into a record, which is what I hope to do one day. Put them in a sand glass, little hourglass, still be useful to the family as a three and a half minute timer. I legitimately thought Caleb's official stance would be chuck me in a ditch somewhere. So the the cremation route is kind of hilarious to me. You know, I think I think I don't want to be chucked in a ditch. That just sounds like I feel like the people that are like, ah, oh, just throw me in a ditch. I'm just like, what? What? Where are you at in life? Where are you at in life that you want me to throw you in a ditch and forget about you? You know, what does that say about you? <laughs> it's funny because I feel like freshman year Caleb would have said, "Chuck me in a ditch." Yeah, no, 100%. Freshman year, Caleb would have said, ah, just throw me in a ditch and forget about me. Yeah, fun fact. Emily and I both want to be mulched when we die and want just I trees think to be so planted, cool. right? Like, imagine your grandkids one day swinging on a little swing made from one of your, like, hanging off of one of your branches. Or it's just imagine living on as a tree. Them in your arms. Yeah, or just be a tree, man. I mean, I don't, I don't even care. They could move. I mean, away. Grandma Willow. Yeah, be Grandma Willow. You could straight up plant me in some random forest, and I don't care. I'm a tree now. I'm giving back to the natural cycle. Mulch me, baby. Yeah. Mulch me. Yeah. That was not super. Where we're pro mausoleum and pro mulching. We're pro trees. Pro trees, also pro ash. Yeah. Just really. Anything that's not pumping your body full of chemicals that'll make it not decompose so you're not a part of the life cycle. Yeah. I don't quite get we that impulse. Anti-preservation? Is that what it's? Uh, it's what embalming. What do they call it when they do the... Bo- yeah, anti-embalming. Yeah. 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 Don't embalm. Why Why? Why are you so special? You don't, you don't get to decompose like the rest of things. Why... Why are you so special? You're not that special. Decompose, bro. You're not that special. Just decompose. You could even get turned to ash, man. Ash ash decomposes. Yeah. Ash decomposes. Yeah, just get mulched, bro. Come on. You scared? Come on, get are mulched, you bro. You really are you scared of the mulch? You really think you're like Are you scared of the Are you scared of decomposing? Are you are you scared of Are you scared of your legacy being tied to your corporeal form cuz that just ain't it, bro? Get mulched. Oh, you're Get mulched. Get mulched. Hey, Cordell, does Doc Ock live up to his potential? <laughs> can, we just, can we just release a clip on Twitter of us just saying, get mulched, over and over? <laughs> I don't know what just happened to us. <laughs> I, <laughs> I think Doc Ock, classic answer, sometimes lives up to his potential. He has had some really awesome moments, and I really think there's some incredible storytelling potential with them, but that depends on whether the writer decides to utilize them well. If we're talking like Spider-Man 2, absolutely. If we're talking like 
rando 1960s Doc Ock? Probably not. Yes, uh, that's exactly how I feel. I think he lives up to his potential a good 70% of the time. Oh, that's that's good. That's generous. Yeah, I think, I think he lives up to his potential about that much. I feel like Rock that's on. a good spot for it to be Rock in. Rock on, yeah. yeah. Caleb, yeah, Caleb no. what would you love to see for Doc Ock? What I want to see for Doc Ock, it's hard for me to do because he's done so much that it's hard to like narrow it down. However, I don't want him to retire. No, I'm I'm um, cool if he doesn't retire. Uh there was like a spin-off of uh like a different Marvel universe where Doc Ock was actually Peter Parker's mentor and I want to see that space played up a little bit more. Uh I want to see the Doc Ock as a loving mentor and not enemy. I'll raise you one step further. I want to see Doc, Doc Ock, Ock is is uh Aunt, Aunt May. No, 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 no. no. I want to see Doc Ock as begrudging mentor. I want to see the oh, dude is still yes. not a oh, good guy, I... still a bad guy, but is confronted with a young fledgling superhero and has to train them to be a hero and he hates it, but he's still kind of doing it. And I don't know what his motivation would be there, but I'd, I love begrudging mentors. And I think Doc Ock plays in the morally gray area enough that that would be really fun. I... I dig that a lot. Oh, no. It's time for Cordell Guesses a Big Share. That's right. I went back up. I took it back up. Yay. It's time for Cordell to guess pictures. I'm so excited. The last few weeks, no one's really gotten it. So that's all right. You can play along on Twitter. Uh, it's always going to be under the episode. I'm about to send Cordell a picture. He is allowed two questions. Uh, and from those two, he has to guess... Who the whole picture is. Cordell, are you prepared? Can I get mulched instead? No. I just sent Cordell the picture. He's going to take a few seconds to describe what he sees. It's an X-Men character. Because at the center of this picture is a circle with an X in it. Like the X-Men have on their classic insignia. But I'm honestly a little bit nervous that this is like... A red herring, and it's that it's totally not an X-Men character. Um, there. Okay, so let me get describing. There looks to be, like, it's kind of a breastplate, chestplate kind of armor, I think is what we're seeing here. And there's, like, red and then purple. Like, the red is, like, pants, and the purple is kind of the armor. It's, like, a bluish purple. Then there's the red and black X. But it's not the traditional X-Men colors, which makes me think maybe not. And there's like this like purple glowy power energy kind of deal. Or is that the sides of this person? And it's a very, very like hourglass lady. a la the way comics normally do it. Is it a lady? Okay. With that, it's like a brightish purple ish. Caleb, is this an X-Men? It is an X-Men. Is this character oftentimes a villain? No. No. Okay. Okay. That means it's probably not Psylocke. Because I was getting strong Psylocke vibes. But she's pretty firmly bad. Okay. I, I'm kind of thinking maybe Dazzler. But there's also not enough color for me to think it's Dazzler. But it also could be Jubilee. But I also don't know if there's enough color to be Jubilee. But I think it's more likely Ju Is it Jubilee? Is Cordell right? Is Cordell wrong? He'll find out in just a few minutes. But you guys will find out next week i swear if it's psylocke 
we're gonna have to have a conversation about her uh hero and villain status i will confirm even for the listeners not silent okay cool 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 cool. listener mail we don't quite have anything this week i think our long break kind of stutter stepped things so reach out to us let us know if we got anything wrong or if you have any other input if you have fun pitches if you have random hot takes if you want to tell us some retcons and doc ox comic history email us and you can do that at just super 616 at gmail.com send us those emails if you want to follow us on twitter you can follow us on twitter at just super 616 if you want to follow caleb the guy who thinks sourdough makes the best toast you can do it it does at awkward from 1997 if you like Cordell, the guy who's probably going to get a lot of flack for not really loving bread overall, you can do it at Cordelicious. I like a lot of bread things, but I don't like just bread for bread's sake. That's the official statement. I understand. Do you like garlic bread at least? Yeah, I freaking love garlic bread. Who am I, dead? I'm not mulch, that's bro. Fair. I love garlic bread. I feel like that's the way you're going to re-refer to characters dying or anything, is they got yeah, mulched. Yeah, homie got mulched again, man. But then they cloned him, so it's all good. Thank you to the one and only Cordell Hutchison for editing not only this week's episode, but pretty much every episode, uh, except for the first few. Those were edited by Sammy. Uh, thank you to the one and only Haley Northington, the con- Conqueror. That's what we're going with this week. The Conqueror. The you can find mo- the Bready. Get Bready for Haley Northington's art because you can find more of it at littlelight97.redbubble.com. We were, this show was produced by the two of us speaking into two different microphones in two different places. And uh, I, this week, no. I think we should just drop the we still don't know how to end the show. We very clearly do a way to be super each week. That's fair. So this week, the way to be super, if you invent a world changing technology that could help disabled people everywhere, don't become a super villain. That's fair. Also, um. A more realistic way to be super is, uh, you know, he was a nuclear guy. Look into alternative energy sources in your area. (laughs) Also, nuclear energy sounds really scary, but it is by far one of the cleanest and safest energy sources we have access to. Fair. Yeah. So, clean energy. uh, Go be super. Yeah. Clean energy. Go be super. Goodbye. Yeah. We're going to go get mulched. Uh...